hear me. Скажи мне, американец, в чем сила? А вы что, собираетесь на ней жениться? Да. Ух, красота-то какая, лепота. Таможня дает добро. И вообще не называй меня, пожалуйста, Вероника. Кто я? От кто я? От русские земля, единый быть. This is the Roos Files Unite podcast. It's a podcast where we watch films about Russia or Russian films. And today I have uh, two guests for the price of one. Uh, we have returning guest, Lynn. Hello. That price is zero pounds. <laughs> plus yeah. rubles. Yeah, it's, yes. It's all the same when it's zero. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Lynn. Oh, I've completely forgotten what I said last time. That's fine. Uh, Stalker was good. Okay. That's not really for me. <laughs> I just enjoyed my last experience. So, Lynn, you are a person who enjoys films. Yes. <laughs> This is why I'm not getting job offers. <laughs> uh, quality professionalism <laughs> all around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on, and my second guest uh, is... Hello, my name is Carrie, I am Ali's wife. Is there anything else about you that we should know? Um, I studied Russian language and literature in university and spent six years living in Moscow. So you're about as close to a Russia expert as we are ever going to have, I would imagine. And that we could ever afford, yes. Yes, with the, with the high budget that we're working with. Um, so today's film it has actually been brought along by Carrie. What are we watching today? We're watching Akhnov Parish, which means The Window to Paris. It's one of my favourite Russian movies. Is this a film that you've ever heard of, Lynn? No, not since you sent me an email about it the other day. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably fair to say this is not a film that's necessarily known in, in the West. No, it definitely isn't. Have you watched a trailer at all, Lynn? No, I know nothing about it except what I'm reading off the box right now, which is all in Russian, so not a lot. Okay. I know it's in a 4-3 aspect ratio. Excellent. Stereo sound. So it's... <laughs> it's a Yuri Maman film. He's a director. And it's about a teacher in St. Petersburg who has always dreamed about going to a Western country. And I think that is probably all that we should say about it before we start watching. Okay. Yep. That sounds good. Um, so... Um, Just having a look at the DVD box, does that give anything away to you? Uh, judging, judging the film by its DVD box. By its literal cover. Yes. Um, 
You're also looking at the back, which is in, which, as we've said, already yeah, is in Russian. There's pictures. There's pictures that's, there. that's true. Very tiny, small tiny pictures. pictures. One guy looks slightly quizzical, and there's a man with a tuba, as it's in the window. instrument, not the as in, as in the instrument, not not the type of vegetable. Yeah. Um. So there's a window yeah. to Paris, but yeah. is this going to be a literal window? Is it going to be a figurative window? Is it going to be a window in his mind? Yeah. Is he going to go to Paris? I don't know. Only time will tell. Let's find out. Yeah. Oh, it's probably worth mentioning, when is this film from, Carrie? It was filmed in 1995, so soon after the fall of the Soviet Union. Yeah. Um, So that plays a large part in the themes of the movie. Yeah, because prior to that, travelling to the West was much more of an aspiration than something that just anyone in Russia could do. You kind of had to have special uh, privileges in order to be able to do that. Okay, so this is the point where we haven't watched the film, obviously, so we're just going to launch into it now, and I don't know if you remember from last time what we said, Lynn. No. That's fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> as we... Yeah, sorry, say that again. Payekali. Which you will explain what is the significance of Payekali in Russian. That's what Yuri Gagarin said before he took off and became the first person in space who survived to come back. Yeah. (laughs) Conspiracy theory space podcast is different. Yeah, yeah, coming soon. (laughs) Um, Okay, so... Well, no, they had a number of rockets, like, explode on the launch pad. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This has taken a distinctly dark turn, so I think maybe we should just say one, two, three... Payekali! Payekali! the film and my goodness uh, we should probably start by uh, doing a, a bit of a summary in case you haven't seen it of what happens in the film so over to you Carrie your best concise summary good luck the main character is Nikolai and he's a popular music teacher in a school he moves into a room in a shared apartment and they find this like, window in the apartment where you go through kind of um, Chronicles of Narnia style that you end up in a different place when you go into the wardrobe. And this different place that you end up is Paris. The magical land of. Yeah. Uh, So they go through all of these adventures, and it's a lot of comparing Russia and the West and what Russians are like. Uh, because you have all of Nikolai's neighbors also then figure out they can get into Paris. And they're trying to make lots of money off of this by selling Russian things in Paris, stealing anything they can lay their hands off of and taking it back to Russia. Um, Over the course of all this happening, they go into this woman's apartment and constantly walk through it, cause her all kinds of problems. 
She's trying to stop them from stealing things from her apartment, destroying things. They start fighting. She ends up going through the window into Russia, ends up on the streets of St. Petersburg. And of course, she's a French woman who doesn't speak any Russian, so she's completely lost, ends up getting arrested. Nikolai ends up going back into St. Petersburg, saves her, brings her back to Paris. In the meantime, uh, he also promises his students that he'll take them on a field trip to Paris. So you have the neighbors in Paris, the students in Paris. Of course, Nikolai falls in love with the French woman neighbor, and she falls in love with him. And they're in there, and they know that the window to Paris is closing. So they know they have to get out and go back to Russia, and the school kids refuse. And they say, here is much better than Russia, we're staying. And Nikolai tells them, no, Russia is your home country, it's your job to make it better. So then they all end up going back to Russia. Um, in a slightly more convoluted, topsy-turvy, twisty way. You'd have to watch it to figure out how, because uh, it's nowhere near as straightforward as what I just said. And the last, the best part is the last scene of the movie. Um, they find this after the whole speech about making their own country better and how they want to be in Russia. They find another window to Paris, and they're trying to get back to Paris. Fantastic. That was almost a miraculous job, considering just how crazy and convoluted that film was. Over to you, Lynn. Hello. What did you make of that? It was interesting. Um, Considering that it's significantly shorter than Stalker, I've ended up with about three times as many notes. Yeah. (laughs) Because the plot is a lot more complicated. Yeah, it's kind of... I'm so glad that that it was somebody who'd already seen the film. How many times do you think you've seen that one, Carrie? Three or four. Three or four. Yeah, I I wouldn't have been able to do it nearly as well as that was. That was it was just chaos, as I say. <laughs> Did you like it though? I think so. I think I liked it. It's a bit hard to tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I quite enjoyed it. Uh, maybe it was a bit long. There was quite a lot of repetition. Yeah. Um, being a film critic But, yeah. It was good. I want to see the sequel now. I want to see the sequel 20 years on, when mm. the window reopens. Yeah, yeah. Um, Missed a chance, because it... I guess it would have been... Two years ago. Yeah, yeah, two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Still time, I think, yeah. for a sequel. Yes. Um, where they go back to Paris and see what's, see what's happening. See what's going on. Yeah. Um... But as far as I'm aware, that's not been made. I don't think so. I don't think so either. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm just bewildered. That was the first time I'd seen that, and uh, similar to you, I think I enjoy that. I I think I got a little a little bit frustrated at times, but I mean, broadly speaking, I say it's a it's a comedy, right? Is that fair it's to say? It's a tragic comedy. Yeah, I mean, as is the way it's described on the back of the DVD case. Yeah, I mean, that's probably going a bit far. As nobody dies, do they? Well, no. except the old woman at the beginning. That's that's the setup. Yeah, but she actually. doesn't die. Does she not? No. I thought she was a ghost. So to to wind it back a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they find out 
about this window to Paris is there had been an old woman living in the room with the magic wardrobe. And everyone thought that she died, and that's why Nikolai, the schoolteacher, moves into that room, because mm. it's empty. And then they find out, it's like the middle of the night, they'd all been drinking, and they're completely drunk, and this old woman follows her cat into the womb, room through the wardrobe to get the cat back. And they're like, it's this ghost, it's a witch, this old woman, how did she get here? And then she tells them... No, is this is a window to Paris. I was in Paris. I'm not yeah. dead. So that's the the old woman that we're talking about. Yeah, this this shows how how disorientated I was by this film. I I was pretty sure that she was actually supposed to be a kind of apparition because <laughs> then she just sort of disappears from the film and you don't see her again really. Yeah, what happened to her in the end? Yeah, clear. she just goes back into Paris and continues living in Paris like she had originally wanted to. Okay. Because then I got cut out because when the school kids are in Paris and he, they lose them and he's imagining them wandering around the red light district in a sort of Dickensian nightmare. Oh, yeah. like But then it was actually a nightmare. Yeah. And I thought they were going to pull that, like, I thought they were going to pull back. And it was like, everything was a dream. Not just like yeah. the kids being lost in the red light yeah. district was a dream. Yeah, I mean, I have, as far as my notes, just... I have disorientation in in sort of big big letters. I mean, I think a lot of that's really really super deliberate because mm-hmm. um, I, I mean I think they're trying to make the point of just how bewildering it is living in a post communist Russia. Is that is that fair enough? Well, and the culture clashes and trying yeah. to acclimate between what is Saint Petersburg like versus what is Paris like mm. when you're trying to see it through the opposite eyes. You're seeing trying to see Paris in the West through the eyes of these people who have never been abroad before, and you're trying to see Saint Petersburg through the eyes of the French woman Nicole, who has never been in Russia before. Yeah. And they don't know the languages, don't know each other's cultures and and all of the the madness that you'd expect would happen. Yes. <laughs> um, I was, was going to say bits of it reminded me of Brazil, Terry Gilliam's film. Yeah, yeah, that was Particularly the bits in the school, mm. because the school appears to have been changed into, like, this business school. Yeah. And they're getting rid of the teachers that are teaching, like, English, well, not English, Russian, or, you know, literature. That's what I mean. Literature yeah, yeah. or music or dance. Um, humanities humanities and it's all being replaced by business because that's the only thing that matters and it's like here is it's sort of very suddenly like capitalism is completely replacing any kind of socialist values like regardless of whether that's a good thing or not yeah it's like everything's just being thrown out and the school is sort of emblematic of that Um, it's very bureaucratic and um, Ironically, because yeah. the thing you always associate <laughs> and the thing that people always say about the Soviet Union and socialist places in general is that, oh, the bureaucracy and the sort of mm-hmm. like dehumanisation. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know. I've never lived in a communist country. I don't know how true that is, but certainly like the school is yeah. the most sort of capitalist thing in the film. Yeah, and you have um, all these slogans on the wall, and well, and they briefly, they briefly sack Nikolai. Yes, about, they do. Before the children go on strike. Oh yeah, this, the 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 kids are kind of like wonderfully um, sort of determined, and they yeah they kind of really sort of stick it to the management of the. I mean, I don't know how realistic that is, but 
they uh, yeah they definitely really enjoyed their lessons even if the lessons were kind of mad and then jumping around all 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 the time. Now I mean as we said it's kind of broadly a comedy and often if you're watching a comedy film that's a foreign comedy film sometimes the humor doesn't necessarily translate. Did you find how did you find it on that um, score? I think the funniest bits. I suppose weren't very linguistic. Like mm. when at the start of their first like sort of drunken rampage through Paris yeah. was quite funny. Yeah, the bit in the bar is good when they don't realise they're in Paris. Yeah, the bit where they just end up with his piano tuning obsession, just like <laughs> busting into this person's flat yeah. while they're having a party and they think they're being robbed, but he just goes in and tunes the piano and then just starts playing yeah. whilst knocking many things over because he's pissed. Yeah. Uh, but like that whole kind of scene was quite was quite good. I don't know whether was there a lot of sort of linguistic humor that was going on that I just completely missed because the subtitles weren't very funny. No, the subtitles were not very good or close or accurate. Like there was way more swearing in the movie than was in the subtitles. Way more swearing. I mean, this film, unless they've changed things back again, I, this film wouldn't. They couldn't make it this way in in Russia now because I think. It was just before we left in 2014. They brought in rules saying you're not allowed to have swearing in Russian films, which is something that was also true, I think, in the Soviet times as well. Yeah, I, I don't remember. There's so much swearing in this film. But the, a lot of the but comedy... there's virtually none in the subtitles. Yeah, not a lot. Little bits here and there, but nothing. Yeah. Oh, uh, my favourite one in this in the in the in the subtitles was uh, "bloody heck." Yeah, <laughs> even when I was swearing the subtitles, it was very low level. Well. Yeah. A lot of the comedy has to do with the different cultures and comparing them. So, for example, when they first, the, when the Russians first realize that they're in Paris, they're walking through Paris and talking about what the city is like and how terrible the French are and how greedy they are. And, you know, look at all this stuff they have. And they just want all this stuff. And why do they want all this stuff? See, Russians would give you their last penny. They'd give you their shirt off their backs, this sort of thing. And yet throughout the film, you go see them going through and stealing everything that isn't nailed down that they can yeah. find. But they're saying how, how um, generous they are. Um, another thing they say is, look, they have all these churches everywhere, but no one's in them. They really don't believe in God. How could they? Well, if you walk through Moscow, it's the same way. If you walk through St. Petersburg, it's the same way. They have all these churches everywhere, but they don't believe in God and nobody's in them. So it's, it's one thing after another where you're saying, look at all these terrible foreigners. Look how horrible foreigners are. And if you know a bit about Russia and what it's like living there. Actually, he's describing Russia. Oh yeah, Russians. I mean, the director is is just he pulls no no punches whatsoever. It's it's incredibly scathing about so many things. Mm. I mean, again, I, I would be surprised if made the film if you could get this film made nowadays because it's 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 just so harsh. To everything and it really calls just deconstructs a lot of the sort of thing sort of cliches that I don't know I don't want to say all Russians because that's that would be awful but that some Russians will kind of power stereotypes yeah like yeah. we're so good foreigners are so bad as you've been saying or, or there's this some um, concept of the Russian soul how Russians are so deep 
And they'll talk about philosophy and art and religion while foreigners just talk about nonsense. And there's a scene in a restaurant mm, with this yeah, yeah. where Nikolai is talking to one of the characters and the character is saying, um, you know, all these French people behind us, they're just talking about the food they're eating. That's not important. But when we were, when I was in my apartment in St. Petersburg, all we had was a little bit of vodka and a cucumber. But we talked about the important things. But you see them while they're in their apartments and they're not talking about important things. They're just getting drunk. Getting absolutely lashed as well. Not even having a little bit too much. They're just going crazy. So it's kind of saying, really digging into that concept of are Russians really that much deeper than foreigners or is it more of there's a lot more similarities there than um, they'd like to think. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of like, so I think we're pretty established it's quite a sort of a deep film, you mm. know, underneath the surface chaos. But would you say it's like a a well-directed film? Um, I think generally there are things that, and I don't know whether this is a limitation of like just Hmm. Near post-Soviet filmmaking, right? I, d- I don't know what the budget was or anything. But yeah, like, there was lots of sort of cinematography bits that seemed a bit shoddy. Hmm. Um, but that might just have been a factor of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are a lot of smash cuts, but I think that I think that was cuts. I think that was deliberate as far as the disorientation and, like, is concerned. Fast zooms and, and yeah, like, things like that. But um, yeah. And then sort of discordant kind of music. I didn't yeah, know I feel like it, 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 like it was thematically much more interesting, consistent than it was visually. It wasn't particularly... I mean, it was fine, but yeah. I didn't think it was particularly interesting Yeah, visually. Um, it had a lot of squalor. They really kind of sort of reveled in that. They did. They did revel in the squalor. I mean, I don't, I don't know how sort of literal that was or whether that was just... We'll emphasize the squalor to emphasize the contrast more than yeah. trying to say this is exactly how it's like everywhere in St. Petersburg in 1994 or whatever I, this was filmed. I think it would be more like that is the type of thing that everything that you would see that would be terrible within over the space of a year, they condensed down into one night. Yeah. Like, uh, here's all the worst bits in one place all at once. Yeah. Everything bad that could potentially happen in St. Petersburg. Because 1995 wouldn't have been a very nice time to be in Russia. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he definitely made it seem even dirtier, grubbier, uh, ruder than I think it, it was in real life. Just to emphasize mm. the contrast. But, I mean, sometimes... I feel like we're all, we're almost saying like the film is trying to say that oh yeah things were so much better before, but it isn't. It isn't being nostalgic at all. It's saying yeah some things were easier, but it wasn't great. Yeah, that that was probably the most interesting. I think part of the film sort of thematically was I felt like it kind of kept me guessing a lot of the time as to what it was trying to say mm. about Russia now or yeah France or the contrast. Um, but you're right, I think by the end it didn't feel like it was saying stuff used to be better. Yeah. It was like stuff is bad now, and it was bad. Yeah. But it could be better. And it's really merciless with with uh, with the communists and the police. Like, the police are sort of portrayed as being 
just so, so stupid. Yes, the police did not come out of it very well. Um, but even with France, it's not saying, oh, everything's brilliant in the West. No, no, no. There are certain, there's some aspects of the sort of Parisian experience that's saying, here's, you know, here's good stuff. Cause it's, when they... it's not trying to say the West is brilliant and Russia is terrible. Yeah. If only we could all move to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I felt anyway. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was saying that, like, there is, as in, there were scenes in the beginning in St. Petersburg where they're out of food or out of basic goods in stores, mm. and you see in Paris the abundance of food, yeah, the yeah, abundance yeah. of things in stores, and um, there's one thing where they talk about how there's really good medicine in, in mm. France, but you don't have that in St. Petersburg. So there are a lot more of the physical comforts there, but it, yeah. it wasn't saying... You didn't get the feeling that it's, oh, it's the West, therefore everything is wonderful. Like, there were problems with finding jobs Mm. in Paris as well, and and then having to find housing and everything like that. It wasn't just everything is easy in the West, and the streets are paved with gold, and yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't that. Yeah, and whilst, you know, it was really critical of xenophobia, it also wasn't afraid of just kind of having a little bit of fun at the... the French's expense. I mean, I don't know how much it was kind of making fun of the French or how much it was making fun of, you know, Russian stereotypes mm-hmm. about the French, but in terms of Nicole's apartment... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, just tell us about that. Oh, so she was an artist, um, yeah. which I guess is a sort of stereotype, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, she's not portrayed as a bad person anyway. No, no, no. Um, but mostly her interactions with one of her customers... Tell, tell them what kind of artist she is, because that makes it even better. <laughs> Do the animals. Uh, so, I start. There's a few pieces that are just like welded metal in the shape of animals, but then there's a lot of taxidermy going on. Mm-hmm. Artistic taxidermy, which I'm certain is a thing. Uh, so not like hunting trophies or anything, um, but there is a number of repeated scenes with the same customer who comes in to get her cat, whose name is Adele. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cat keeps being retaxidermied in various different poses. And the customer complains that the cat doesn't look virginal enough, <laughs> or doesn't look uh, modest enough, or esteemed enough. And yeah, this field director was sort of taking, you know, look at this sort of Western decadence, ridiculous. Yeah, like this isn't this isn't art. Like, where's the cultural worth? In yeah, and isn't isn't the customer as gorgeous? Always talking about sort of like classical mythology and yeah, the artist is trying to yeah often try to like invoke classical mythology to sort of please this customer and say oh that's why the cat looks like this because it's just like it's like a fawn in the, the woods with yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone in Petersburg seemed very impressed with her. Stuffed parrots or chicken or whatever. Yeah, that was so bizarre. She just kind of comes through with this parrot. Yeah, one one of her works of art, she has this... When Nicole ends up in, in St. Petersburg and is walking around the street, she ends up walking through a market, and everyone's trying to buy her um, stuffed chicken off of her. They're also trying to buy the robe she's wearing, because, of course, when she gets pushed into St. Petersburg, she's only wearing a bathrobe and a towel around her head. So they're like, oh, let me buy this off of you, let me buy this off of you, let me buy this off of you, as she's walking through the market, and she, of course, has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, so it's just a weird scene. So much, so much strange stuff going on. And what makes it even weirder is most of the time, 
instead of having when she's speaking in French, instead of having subtitles, it just has um, you know, it, it dubbed over in Russian by a man's voice and it's a very dispassionate voice. Uh, so it's a sort of dissonance when you're watching it and trying to read the subtitles in English and hearing yeah, French uh, overdubbed with Russian and then and subtitles what is going on. Yeah, and, and you know, she's quite distraught a lot of the time, understandably, because she is in St. Petersburg, surrounded by people speaking a language she doesn't know, and plying her with alcohol, and she's sort of going, no, help me, does, does somebody speak French here? And and the, the there's a kind of man going, help me, it is very bad. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, <laughs> um, like... Any any other highlights of, of the film from anyone anyone's notes? I have trampoline interval and in capital letters. <laughs> just because there was a number of scenes, one yeah. in particular, where it just cuts to some people are trampoline for a while and then just goes back to something else completely different. Uh, I don't really, I didn't really understand why. That, uh, that was, um, Nikolai was on the, he basically, right when he got fired, he was so upset that he didn't know what else to do, so he just buys a ticket for a chance to jump on the trampoline to get his feelings out. Oh, okay. And then that was not explained. Yeah, no, that was... I think my favourite line of the whole film was, I will not play Mozart trouserless. <laughs> um, I don't know. Is that wise? Um... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, oh, that's right because that's his first job that the guy gets in, isn't it? His yeah. artist friend, who looks a lot like the Nick Frost character in Beast. That, yeah, <laughs> and is similarly kind of boorish and crass. Yes, similarly boorish crass, and um, gets him a job as a pianist. Yeah, and he thinks it's just like in this little chamber orchestra or something. Yeah, um, but then turns up at this club to play for the first night and doesn't have any trousers. Or isn't given any trousers as part of his costume. Like, why is and this? Why is this so important? And then walks into a room full of naked people. Yeah, well, semi-naked people. It's like the, the women, the women naked are naked because the men just don't have trousers. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like they're not like totally naked. They're just not. They're wearing clothes on the bits that you normally kind of. They're largely, not, they're largely naked. <laughs> they are largely naked. That is true. Uh, so that so, was a, that was a bit of a like. Oh, you, you said, Carrie, I do not remember that. <laughs> no, I don't remember that scene at all. At all. Maybe it's a blank to me mind. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. On, on the subject of looking like, was it just me that thought that Nikolai's main flatmate looked just like the bloke out of Hello, Hello? Um, <laughs> maybe a, a bit. Doing a thing with crude French stereotypes. Yeah, poss- possibly. And, oh, man... Right, so uh, I don't know. I feel like we've we've covered that film in in some depth. Uh, maybe um, does this make you, Lynn, want to see more films by this guy? Uh, I think so. I really want to see the sequel. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing other films by him. Um, it made me want to rewatch Brazil. Yeah, which is a film that I already like. Yeah, so we should do that. Yeah, we should definitely do that and, and try and sort of figure out a justification. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about you, Carrie? Did it? You said it earlier on that it was one of your one of your favorite films ever, or one just one of no, your favorite Russian one of my favorite films? Russian ones? Because I, I guess I just like the absurdity, and it, that's kind of what it felt like to be in Russia for the first time. Where it's like I have no idea what's going on. 
And there's just all this weird stuff happening. Like a lady swimming in the Moscow River. Why would you do that? Or just just all this stuff that you're like, what on earth? And so watching this movie was like, yeah. Yeah, that's what it felt like. Somebody put that on a movie. What it feels like to be walking around in Russia in the big city for the first time. Um, so I... And, and understanding some of the different cultural differences that they're talking about and we're trying to talk about. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, no, it's definitely, it's definitely enjoyable. Now, one of the things we sort of try and cover on here is, is this film accessible to people who don't know much about Russia or, you know, haven't spent loads and loads of time thinking about it? Uh, I would say yes. Apart from the... Subtyping issues. Yeah. And the stuff that I probably would have missed had I not had you guys to fill me in on some of the details. Um, I think it's quite an accessible film in the sense that it, I don't know, you can get a lot from context. Although, I don't know, maybe I'm saying that from a position of ignorance because I don't know enough about the context yeah. to relate to it. So it's probably missing out yeah. on Yeah. I think you miss out on some of the humour because mm. some of what's funny. You just don't understand, in part because of the bad subtitles, in part because you don't understand why, like, the cultural reason why this is supposed to be funny. Yeah. So I think it is it is less of a good movie if you don't have that experience of knowing what ideas he's trying to talk about. Yeah, I certainly don't feel like it's a film where he's gone out of the way to sort of spell things out and kind of explain. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's even to the point where... You know, the beginning, you're just sort of dropped in. You know, there isn't a kind of a long... You know, typically you're used to seeing films where there's sort of an opening sequence and you see lots of shots and establishing. But no, you're kind of just straight in there, in the corridor, outside the flat, and you're just kind of supposed to make sense of it from there. I can't even remember how it starts, because... Yeah, maybe because there's not a very defined... It starts talking about how the old lady... Just disappeared. Yeah. And she oh, died. yeah, of course. Yeah. So they're, they're with the cop outside a room. They break into the room and they see, oh, yeah, she's gone. The room's empty, etc. Yeah. And then the police seal the room up. And that's how it yeah. starts. Yeah. And you, and you have no... And then they cut to Nikolai, the teacher, in his school. See, that's the first thing I remember. I don't really remember that. Yeah. And then there's the line. There's the line kind of like... You think... You assume it's like a food line. Except it's a line for vodka. <laughs> yeah, everybody's waiting in line for vodka, and then they run out of vodka. Yeah. So it is very choppy at the beginning, and it takes its time setting things up and introducing the characters. Yeah, it's a while before you even find out about about the window, actually. Yeah, I think I clocked it at about 35 minutes before like anything really happened. Really, as long as it about half an hour, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So we've kind of gone around in a, in a circle a bit. There, but uh, hey, <laughs> never mind. Have fun editing this. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Although maybe that we can just sort of pretend that that was all a sort of deliberate tribute to the uh, the disorientating nature. That was of, absolutely of the film. We, exactly. We planned, what it was. we planned to do that, and we just you know pulled it off fantastically. That's what she said. Sorry, I'm just copying Carrie's. <laughs> Inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking speaking of inappropriate. Where's this going? Speaking, no, no. Speaking of inappropriate stuff in the film. Oh, okay. Like boorish moustache man. Like one of the most bizarre things it yes. was, was the um, was the bit where he's in the restaurant playing the violin, except the oh, bow, yeah. crotch was, violin, crotch violin. 
Yeah, the bow was between his legs. Yeah. And, and so it was it was vigorous violin playing as well, <laughs> so it was just... <laughs> yeah. New euphemism. Y- y- <laughs> Sorry. Lowering uh, the tone more. No. Okay, folks. So that was uh, that was that was fun. Uh, I'm not sure I'd necessarily recommend <laughs> the film, but it, it's it's certainly um, it's certainly been an interesting watch. What's next? What's next? Goodness knows. Probably something a bit more straightforward. Well, I'm glad to have introduced you to a wild, crazy, and confusing Russian movie. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's, you've opened a window onto a hole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, dust for Danya, folks. Uh, please join us again, although... <laughs> no, just, just don't. It's not worth it. <laughs> So that's it for this episode, but before I go, I'd like to thank Sasha Ilukovic and the highly skilled migrants for the use of their song Cold in our intro. You can find that song and the rest of their back catalogue on Bandcamp and Spotify. If you're enjoying the show, please consider supporting us by leaving a rating at Apple Podcasts or at podchaser.com. That second one, Podchaser, even lets you rate individual episodes, so if this episode particularly stood out to you, you can let other listeners know that you enjoyed it. Recommending the show on social media is hugely helpful as well. If you can spare a moment or two to do that, it would really make my day. Thank you, thank you very much. Speaking of social media... Please find us and say hi on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also drop us a line at roosfilesunite at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, take care of yourselves, and bye for now. <laughs>